Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. I find it odd that um, the clock says 6.57 p.m. right now, Mm -hmm. yet I feel kind of tired, and you let out a big yawn just before we started. Yeah, I I feel like it's at least 11 p.m. That's that's how tired I am right now. Now, I wonder, is it a lazy Doctor Who thing that when we do lazy Doctor Who, we associate it with late nights because that's what we usually do, record these, um, and therefore it's making us tired? Or what do you think? Um, Maybe a little bit. I mean, I, I think I was a little tired before we started it, but not as tired as I was afterwards. So it is definitely possible that the fact that we've done this during the late night so many times that, yeah, it's become a Pavlovian reaction. Or it just could be that I was bored. That's my next point. <laughs> now we move to our review of episodes two and three of The Celestial Toymaker, The Hall of Dolls, and The Dancing Floor. I trust the sheen that you uh, saw on episode one of this story has slightly worn off? Um, yes. Yep. Yeah, so... Why do you think that is? Um, I, you know, I, I'm thinking about this and how my mom quite liked it and, and how she was rather insistent via email that we, you know, <laughs> not be too lazy because she wants to find out what we think about the rest of it, or at least what I think. And I'm wondering if I listened to this with Peter Purvis, I assume it was him coming in um, in between times to describe things, I bet it would be a much better experience. So if you are listening to us and you haven't watched the recon or listened to it, um, if you have the choice, I would say listen to the audio version because I bet that would be better, especially if I could be like, I don't know, washing the dishes or doing a jigsaw puzzle or taking a nice walk outside and listening to all this stuff happening. I think I would like it a lot more, but sort of being chained to the couch and having to sort of, you know, we were reading along with a script, but listening to things happen and not being able to move and having to keep an eye on the script and, you know, nobody's nicely describing it to me after read stage directions. It just, it felt like two episodes of almost entirely filler. Steven's nodding. He's, he's nodding along. And one of the things that bothers me the most about not just Doctor Who, but anything is uh, when the characters take turns holding the stupid ball you know like (laughs) when they just do stuff that's that's kind of out of character for them as as characters because somebody needs to be stupid or the plot's not going to move along and I feel like Dodo and Steven pass the stupid ball back and forth like it is itself a game within a game (laughs) because you know in in one thing Dodo can't keep straight that these are not you know these are people that are working against them whether they're real or not and then in the next one Steven is like no 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 I'm just gonna try to dance now like it, it or, you know, go across the floor, and then Dodo just gets in on it. I, it just is, it's it's frustrating. There's not a whole lot happening. These games don't feel much like games. The riddles aren't really terribly great riddles. Um, you are quite um, looking forward to the one at the end of episode one being solved and, and spent a few minutes after recording it to sort of try to solve it yourself. Um I think I actually picked up that it was a chair, I think, on the first half of it. But. Um, yeah, I, I came up with lots of ideas. But mm-hmm. then, if you recall, I think at the end I said, it's probably just going to be something that's specifically related to the story and what they're doing. And that's exactly what it was. So I, I overanalyzed and it ended up, you know, 
it was one of those things where nobody was going to figure out exactly what it was just sitting and thinking about it. You had to be in the room looking at the stuff in order to in order to figure it out, which is which is fine. I mean, I feel like that was probably more interesting than than any of the other ones. But boy, the whole scene in the kitchen, to me, that felt very, very Alice in Wonderland. Oh, where, really? Yes, oh. but not in a good way. No, because like, I, was, I was thinking there's like a 10-minute argument about nothing in a kitchen right now. It reminded me of the thing that I get frustrated with when I watch any version of um, Alice in Wonderland. It doesn't bother me quite as much in the book, uh, reading it, but it still does, is like just that everybody's wacky. Like the Mad Hatter is mad and the dormouse is i don't know falling asleep or whatever and the treasure cat just keeps disappearing with his friggin' smile left behind and you've got the you know worm and the hookah and the queen of hearts is just always saying off with her heads and you know trying to play croquet with a friggin' flamingo whose head keeps looking up like all of these things are just really nightmarish and frustrating and that is how i felt like that scene at the very very least was but actually even the 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 king of hearts and queen of hearts kind of reminded me of alice in wonderland as well that was sort of like the first step of just annoyance and weirdness and then it got worse (laughs) yeah there wasn't much of a um puzzle to solve they just had there's a floor Let's dance for a little bit, but then they eventually just sort of like the puzzles don't seem to be that difficult in that the their opponents are always very easily duped mm-hmm. to solve the problem. Well, apparently the celestial toy maker not that great. Also, I've something about I mean, I haven't seen Jackie Lane be Dodo on screen very much. Mm-hmm. So You haven't had the chance. Right. Yeah. Um I don't uh, I don't think that her performance is I mean it feels very like it sounds very different from what it did in the arc. I feel like and maybe it's just because the story is so strange, but it sounds like she's over performing, overacting as if she were on a children's show. Like, you know, Captain Kangaroo or something like that. Every line that she says is a little bit over the top, don't you know? Like that kind of thing. And I don't remember that in the arc, but maybe I just didn't notice it because it was moving. It was moving. Also, um, I don't think this plays into it, but the recon that we have, I think the audio recording is slightly sped up a tiny bit because it's Mm -hmm. a bit high. Maybe that's factoring in. I don't know. That definitely could be part of it because I thought her voice sounded higher. Um, And I guess Stevens does a little too. So maybe that's part of it. But I, Mm -hmm. I do think that she's still kind of overemphasizing things a little bit. I don't know if we can ever if it ever comes back and we can watch it I will reassess but mm-hmm. or maybe someday I will listen to the BBC version and see if that's any better yeah there's a lot of visual stuff happening in this unlike other recons there are a lot of dialogue based and you really don't need too much in the way of stage directions this one there's a lot like you know we would be reading along with the script and there was like scenes where like dancers would come in there were dancing for a little bit then I wanted for like a minute and a half or something and we had no idea what was going on but I got to tell you, yeah. even if I could see dolls dancing around, that sounds boring. So I, I don't think that even being able to see it would help me as a person enjoy it anymore. I, I do hope that there that, that, you know, the kids that were watching it back in the 60s mm-hmm. enjoyed it. And I'm certain that many of them did. So, you know, there's that. It's just for me, it is it's not my kind of story. See, this is what I've been telling you about, like, dancing musicals for the 30s and 40s and 50s all along. You see? Shut up. <laughs> that was your best. 
I, I have no truck with that. All right. Um, <laughs> yes. I'd like to move on. Okay. About what? That wasn't William Hartnell's voice being the doctor, was it? It was, but like I said, the, the uh, thing was being sped up. So it was totally him for all the four lines that he pre-recorded before he went on vacation. Oh, okay, because it didn't sound like him at all. And yeah, when Stephen or Dodo says, you know, for all we know, that wasn't even the doctor. I was like snickering in my head because yeah. I was like, I don't think it was, but I guess it was. Yeah, it was. I, it was just pre-pro. I think uh, you can kind of tell from the audio that those all those scenes with the Trilogic game were all pre-filmed by the sounds of it. And his voice, I think, was just played back. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even reading it live. So you could tell it was like, he was like, you know, right close to the microphone, probably reading off a script. Therefore, he wasn't doing his, you know, his trademark hmms and ahs and that sort of thing. So even tonally, it didn't even sound like him speaking, you know. Ah, uh, that you know? that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, then I guess I f- that was one thing that I found very very annoying but i was wrong about that so it's not as it's not as bad as i thought mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's uh let's talk about the uh, only use of the n-word in doctor who well i have to say i couldn't actually understand it on the audio mm-hmm. um it was just that i happened to be reading along the script and i came along that word and it's just like my eyes got really big and i was like mm-hmm. whoa um yeah. so I, I now that after seeing it, I remembered somebody mentioning that that did make an appearance in Doctor Who, and I was appalled. And sure enough, still appalled. Yeah, that's our hockey Slack channel making noises here because there's hockey going on in front of us. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's in a nursery rhyme, of course. Um, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. The the sad and tragic thing is, is that we th- we had just assume that oh, that's the bygone racist era. But honestly, I remember hearing that version of it in my youth growing up you know well that doesn't surprise me because canada no offense but uh mm-hmm. yeah um i never did when mm-hmm. i was growing up it was eeny meeny miny mo catch a tiger by the toe that's yeah. the only way i had ever heard it mm-hmm. so and i am aware of the other version now in my adulthood uh but yeah in the bbc audiobook version uh they're very keen to have peter purvis do some narration over that bit <laughs> So that it is not heard, yeah. And honestly, it's I wouldn't have known it was in there. Um, it, it, this was slightly sped up and kind of muddled. It wasn't mm. the greatest audio, but yeah, it it exists. But I can I can understand them wanting to uh, talk over that because boy, this is one of those this is one of those stories that uh, yeah, yikes! What do you what do you say? There's nothing. Well, I'll say this. Um, I think the next recon that we have to watch, which is not this next episode or the next story even, I think it actually has narration. I think we get into the the good stuff when it comes to um, uh, audio quality too. I was just, this very day, I was interviewing Mark Ayers for an upcoming uh, Radio Free Scarl where we talked about the audio recording for Power of the Daleks, which of course he used to to um, remaster for that new animated version and we were talking about the guy who recorded that and he plugged it straight into his tv basically to have like supreme audio quality in fact i read today that some of this guy graham strong his audio recording from episode two of the 10th planet was actually a better quality version than the original bbc film print that they have in the archives so they used some of that to tie it up anyway the reason i bring him up is because for some reason he recorded 
all the stories from like the beginning up until like season 12 or something like that but for some reason he erased the celestial toy maker so i don't know if he says i don't like this one i'm erasing it and so the audio version that we have here is of of lesser quality because it wasn't recorded by him um i find that quite something that this person who is basically one of the few people who has managed to save audio versions of doctor who from the 1960s decided the celestial toy maker not worth saving (laughs) <laughs> Did he actually decide that or was it some sort of accident? Do you know? Well, I think he uh, he certainly erased this and I think the gunfighters. Now, I don't know if he just needed the tape at the time or what, which is just what the BBC did as well. Um, or perhaps it was his own comment at the time about the, the stories in question. But uh, I just find it uh, interesting. <laughs> it is It is pretty funny um at least the last episode which we've not gotten to yet at least it's moving so there's that um i mean you don't have to you don't have to tell me any spoilers but i i'm going to guess that william hartnell is actually back um at least at some point because you know he does have to get in the tardis and leave i've seen i've seen later stories with william hartnell i know he's back mm-hmm. and visible and hearable audible this is you're all like hearable but <laughs> this has been probably the most un like he's barely in episode one he has like two lines in episode two, and then he's completely silent for episode three. This is the least amount of Doctor in Doctor Who, and you can see why, you know, this is obviously during the time when they were wanting to replace him. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. So I guess my my thought that uh, I liked the massacre so much because it had so little Doctor in it, well, that cur- certainly wasn't the only reason because there's very little Doctor in this, and I'm I'm not in love with it. Yeah. You and many other people. But like uh, like you said, if it was to come back, uh, we'd probably all watch it with glee and be very excited to, but not right now. Yeah. I'm still convinced that our, our headcanon about Dodo is somewhere in there is right. Either she's brain damaged or has lots and lots of acid because she's just weird. Her reactions to everything are not normal. She is not a normal person. Maybe we're inside Dodo's head. That is terrifying. Yeah. Yeesh. Well, I mean, well, look at it. There's crazy stuff going on. It's like Alice in Wonderland. It's a it's a trip. So you're saying that the Celestial Toymaker is actually a figment of Dodo's sort of um, imagination. <sighs> yes. I'm not... Ba- I can't back that up with anything, but... You can. Maybe Dodo is the Celestial Toymaker, or the Celestial Toymaker is Dodo. There was never actually a Dodo chaplet. He just transformed into her and has been the companion all... No, you're... Now, I appreciate your fictitious headcanon in many respects, but you can't just throw out wild accusations like that without anything to back them up. I'm sorry. Okay, you're right. That was dumb. There is some more Dodo Celestial Toymaker headcanon, but I'm going to save that for the moment where that it becomes actually. Um, it's not mine. It's Deb's. This is oh. this is Deb's uh, Dodo okay. Dodo headcanon. But uh, that'll that's a little hashtag teaser there for a future episode of Lazy Doctor Who. Stephen looks really scared. I'm not scared. I'm excited. I am fine <laughs> now. This gives me a reason to be excited to watch episode four of the Celestial Toymaker, the final test. It's not actually going to be an episode four of the Celestial Toymaker. It's way down the road. Sorry. Fine. (laughs) 
like I said, it's not it's not my headcanon. It's 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 Debs. I will give full uh, full credit to her. And while we're giving credit to other people, uh, since we are on the incomparable network, I just wanted to mention that uh, what was the name of episode two again? Doll something with dolls. Uh, the Hall of Dolls. Yeah, the first thing I said when that popped up was, oh, look, it's the David J. Lore episode. And Stephen looked at me like, what? And I uh, I pointed out that, yes, uh, David Lore, who is often on the incomparable flagship show and many of the other shows, uh, grew up in a doll museum. I kid you not, in Florida. Yep. Explains so much, doesn't it? It does, and yet invites so many more questions. <laughs> I don't want the answers to those questions. Neither do I. Okay. Next time, the final test? Sure. Okay. Goodbye. Bye-bye.